Status Radio is on the air. Happy New Year. It's January 1st, 2012. I'm your host, John Corey. The number to call in is 805-830-8359. We're going to talk about mainly football this week. It's week 17 of the NFL. All kinds of playoff scenarios in place. You had the college bowl season really getting into high gear. The NBA threw its first week, and so far, as we predicted. Uh, A lot of that, and a lot more to come. I'm going to get into how I plan to mold the show in 2012. I have a lot of what I think to be great plans for it. A lot of specialty team shows that hopefully all work out. I might actually get some guests on the show. I may even get a caller someday, but 9 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday, it's a little tough for everybody. You queued to today where it's New Year's Day on, on 9 a.m. on Sunday. Man, there's probably maybe two people up that I know. But enough of that. You know, Last Sunday, I'm sorry, last Saturday, a lot of things went down, some as I expected to, some as I didn't expect to. The Giants-Jets game kind of played out the way I thought it would. The defense has stepped up and played a lot better. The Giants defense just played better than the Jets. I thought all along that the defense would win the game. And lo and behold, it was the Giants' defense. They made the plays and they had to. The the Jets' defense just allowed too many big plays. The Victor Cruz 99-yard touchdown from Peyton, from from Eli Manning, you know, that was just an unbelievable individual effort. And, and, you know, you had the pole ball. Pro Bowl pitch this week, and a lot of people say that Cruz was snubbed. Guys, who cares who gets snubbed? It's the Pro Bowl. Half the people aren't going to go. I'm sure Victor Cruz will find his way to Hawaii one way or the other. You know, you had other, there's some games that didn't go as I thought they would, like my Atlanta Falcons. Monday night, they got absolutely embarrassed by the Saints. The Saints continuing their trend of just blasting away anybody that comes into the Superdome. You know, the Falcons started off good early. You know, they had a nice drive, but they didn't get a touchdown out of it. They got a field goal, and that's been one of their problems this year. Too many field goals. Um, they've had uh, they had other drives that, you know, that they just couldn't sustain it enough to get in the scoring territory. And then the Falcons' defense reverted back to a month ago, and they were just getting chopped up and spit out, chunk by chunk by chunk, by that Saints offense. It was unreal. How many big plays the Saints got against the Falcons? And it was also unreal how many times the Falcons played cover two or cover three and the Saints would just throw the ball underneath. They would make 
somebody in the Falcons secondary miss a tackle, and they're gone. I've watched every Falcons game. I watch almost every minute of every game. And if they're going to play defense like that, if they're going to get teams consistently in third and 12, third and eight, third and six, third and 14, and can't get off the field, then they're going to play the playoffs next weekend and bye-bye. That team has got to find a way, whether it's bringing more pressure, which they've done the last couple of weeks, whether the pass rush can by itself can get going. Ray Edwards was a big free agent pickup, and he has not done squat this year. John Abraham has come very close to many big plays. He hasn't been able to succeed to getting to the quarterback as much as he would like. He's missed some sacks. He's gotten chipped ways that I've never seen him get chipped before. It's in a lot of ways like his awareness has gone away in, in Madden terms. It's, you know, the Falcons can't find a way to get off the field on third down. It's going to be over real quick for them. It doesn't matter if they play in New Orleans, they play in New York, or play in Dallas. If the Falcons' defense can learn how to get off the field on third down, they may be able to make a run. If not, see you next year. But I digress. You know, you had you had other games from last week. You had Denver, which I I. I have not been on the Denver bandwagon too much this year. I didn't think they would lose in Buffalo. And not only did they lose in Buffalo, they got beat the heck down by the Bills. And maybe maybe Tim Tebow is um, not going to be what all the Tebow lovers hope he is. Maybe Tim Tebow will learn how to adjust. I don't know, but they need to adjust today in a game that the quarterback they're playing against has ultimate motivation to get that team to win against Denver. You know, Denver's putting themselves in situations that they really don't want to be in right now. With a win last week, they really couldn't have set for the division title. Now, they have to win, but they win their in. But, they have to go against a quarterback that would not only like to put 30 up on that defense, but they would like to really just shut down Tebow, shut down the Broncos, get him out of here, but the one thing the Broncos have going for them is the fact that the Raiders are playing a Chargers team that also has motivation. Their motivation is a little different. They have a coach trying to save their job. They have a team that I really think wants to play for their coach, for better or worse. 
I'm not so sure that's the, the best idea. I think it might be time for a change in San Diego. But at the same time, is it really North Turner's fault that Philip Rivers had his head up the ass half the year? Is it really North Turner's fault that Philip Rivers was throwing the ball in the numbers of the defense on many occasions throughout the year? You know, it's it's football. In the end, it's a business. In the end, it's about results. North Turner has not gotten the job done. The problem with that is maybe he is the right coach for the job, and he's not going to be there much longer because of decisions by his franchise quarterback who, folks, let's face it, he's a talented individual. Is it time we look at him as overrated? If you look back on his career, he's really made a a ton of mistakes. A ton. And if Norm Turner gets fired, I can't really... I mean, listen, there's some things you could always put on the coach. And Philip Rivers is never leaving San Diego unless he wants to. But is it all Norm Turner's fault? No way. No way. Philip Rivers, by all accounts, including this one, has had a bad year. And because of that, his coach is going to get fired. Because of that, his team has underachieved. The fact is, the defense has played decent. The defense has played well enough to win nine games. To win nine games in AFC West, you're going to the playoffs with a home game. Instead, they're going to have a top 12 to 14 pick and see you next time. Some other games from last week. You know, the, the Colts. The Colts won their second game in a row. Now I know I don't understand anything. I mean, my goodness. The Dolphins are, are up to 5 and 10. Now, you have Baltimore and Pittsburgh going back and forth, up and down for the AFC North. Cincinnati had a nice win last week with maybe the play of the year in that game, Jerome Simpson, with a front flip to go into the end zone, which may be one of the, I don't want to say greatest, but the most acrobatic and craziest plays I've ever seen in my life. How in the hell do you front flip over a six-foot linebacker and only hit the top of his helmet. I wish this show had video because I would love to show you the highlight over and over and over. Um, the number to call in is 805-830-8359 if you have a question about anything. Let's move on to the NBA. Well, the NBA is through its first week. 
We'll do the playoff scenarios in the NFL at pick time. Uh, this week, the show is 45 minutes. I figured out how to get an extra 15 minutes. So bear with us. We'll get to it. And I guess when I say us, I mean me. But the NBA through its first week, you know, no real surprises so far. A lot of people thought the Knicks would, would struggle early with the West Coast trip and everything, and they're 2-2, two and, two, and they're pretty much what everybody thought. Um, believe it or not, the Clippers did not go undefeated. They lost the game, amazingly enough. Um, the Oklahoma City Thunder, they're 5-0, and oh, just like I thought they would be. Um, I didn't think you could predict too much what was going to happen in the NBA, but that I thought you could. I thought teams like Oklahoma City and like the Bulls would really thrive in, th- in this kind of season. And if you look, Oklahoma City is 5-0, and and the Bulls are 3-1. and You have some minor surprises. Indiana's 3-0. You know, we thought Miami would be off to a good start. They're 4-0. Team like Atlanta, I didn't think about. I mean, that team is pretty much still intact. You know, this kind of a season is good for them, too. They're off to a 3 0 start. The Atlantic division is just terrible so far. I mean, the Celtics, they look old. I know that's no surprise, but they look old right now. And, you know, their 1 3 record is showing. You know, the Lakers are three and two early. And, guys, the Clippers, they might be Lob City. But will they take over L.A.? They sure haven't yet. Um, Some big injuries early. Yeah, Brooke Lopez and a NASA. I don't really know how big that is. It's local, so I know it. Uh, Paul Pierce has been out. Uh, Kobe has the wrist. You know, for the Knicks, you know, Amari missed Saturday night's game with a sprained ankle. Hmm. Well, dare I say, we have a caller. I'm scared to do this. But you're on the air. What's up? How you doing, John? Uh, you know, since you're talking about football, it's, it's my team's virtually irrelevant for like the last eight weeks. I'm a big Dolphin fan. This is Austin from Portugal. Yeah, they, they sure are, but yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the more important thing. That, let's talk about the Knicks. The Knicks. Is it too early to pull the trigger on Tony Gonzalez, uh, Tony Douglas? Everyone's already starting uh, to worry no. about the point. No, the Knicks point guard situation's awful. Mike Baby looks like he's replaying in, in rec league. Uh, Tony Douglas, uh, you know, uh, the reality is Tony Douglas was a shooter. And he was more like a poor man down Iverson than he ever was a point guard. But, uh, you know, what's Aaron Davis going to do when he comes back, you know, sometime in February, hopefully? You know, I, I don't know where you go. Go ahead. Is it? Well, you know, everyone's already starting to wave the red flag and thinking the next season's over, and I've already heard scuttlebutt about getting rid of Dunleavy already. What do you think? It's too early? 
start worrying. Be Getting a, rid you of Dunleavy? Uh, D'Antoni, I'm sorry. It's early in the morning. Okay. Um, yeah, you ain't lying. Let, listen, uh, is D'Antoni a championship coach? His, his best team was in, in Phoenix. This is not his best team. His best team was in Phoenix. His best chance was there. And is he going to win in New York? You know, listen, Tony's the kind of coach to get you the second round, maybe the Eastern Conference Finals. But how the hell is this team going to do it the way it's set up? They have no shooting guard, no point guard. You know, basketball's turned really into a guard-driven sport, you know, whether it's college or pro. You know, how the hell are you getting the ball to Carmelo or Amari if you don't have a guard to get it to him? Yeah, I mean, I was listening to uh, Cordell. I think Cordell Stewart was filling in on Mike and Mike the other morning. He's like, well, they should go after Steve Nash. And Steve Nash is like, they don't have anyone to give up for uh, for Nash. So I, I I don't know. Nick, I think Nick fans are panicking. It's it's scary. We are hoping for a little uh, winning team in New York. The only winning team in New York right now is the New York Rangers, and hopefully we'll be watching them on January second. Well, all, all you can really do, all you can really do, if you want somebody like Steve Nash, you hope the Suns keep losing. You hope Landry Fields, you know, gets back to his form for the first half of last year. You throw in an expiring contract, and maybe you got something. But other than that, I mean, what are you trading? You. you, you if you're the Knicks, you have no draft picks. I think your next first-round pick is like 2030. Yeah, they don't have anything. There's nothing really to give up. Uh, I mean, I mean Nash, a point guard like Nash is what the Knicks need, a distributor, someone, even like a Ricky Rubio. But, I mean, he, I mean, he's looking great in Minnesota with his passing skills. But that's what they need. They need someone to distribute, and they do need a shooting guard because they they're an offensive team. You don't have anyone to shoot the ball while you're pretty much in trouble. They can live without, put it this way, if they could have got Chandler without giving up Phillips, that was the way they could have gone. But there was no way to do that, the way the salary cap is. Um, They can get away without having a shooting guard as long as they have a shooter. You know, like Tony Douglas can be a small two guard. If Baron Davis can come in and show that he's healthy and half of what he was. Mike Bibby, you know, Mike Bibby would be the lane wide open for Bibby. He's like, nah, I'll pull up for a jumper and miss it. Well, I mean, you're counting on Baron Davis in February, but it might be a little too late for Baron Davis in February. They, you know, there's a lot of games to be played, played between now and then. You know, hopefully they're not out of the race. Or they can at least sneak in that eight seed, but you don't want to, or seven. You don't want to start off against a team like the Heat as Atlantic. And a healthy Boston team and during the playoff season, you know, you don't want that matchup. But it's too early to tell us when we're only four games in. So, but starting to panic. A lot of people. Uh, yeah, all, all two of you. Um, <laughs> Great, Capital. You know, the, the reality is it, it could be like 1999. You know, that team had talent, they underachieved all year, and they went to the finals. I mean, could they do that again? It, it, you know, it's possible. But that's why I didn't want to make any predictions on the NBA. I thought teams that were already together and had younger legs would be much better, and they're really showing that right now. 
you know, the Knicks never had a, a, a training camp to get Amari and Melo together, and it showed. And, you know, the rumors that came out after the lockout was over of trading Amari for Chris Paul, um, that's not why Chris Paul wanted to play for the Knicks. He wanted to play with both of them. I didn't hear that rumor. So, that rumor was all over the place. But, Um, I mean, you know, do the Knicks have trouble at the guard position? Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. You know, but what they have going for them is that the division's terrible. Their conference as a whole, I mean, it's early. It's a weekend, but, you know, there's a lot of one and twos, one and threes, two and ones. There's a lot of teams in the same boat. You just hope that D'Antoni is, is worth his weight in offensive gold and can get the offense going. I mean, the defense really hasn't played too bad. Well, they have a defensive coach this year, correct? Uh, yeah, they, have they hired, they hired an assistant just to coach defense. And De, De, yeah, yeah, it was Mike, Wood, Mike Woodson, the old Hawks coach, that they hired him for defense. And, um, you know, who knows? He may be D'Antoni's successor. Right. I, I think Boston started that, I think, last year, year before. They hired two coaches, one for offense, one for defense. So hopefully it works because, obviously, our defense was not very good last year. Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no, nah, I mean, Reggie Bush, 1,000 yards. First time in Dolphin history. We have two players with 1,000 yards, a receiver, and a running back. All right, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't sit here and listen to people bragging about Reggie Bush. If you want to brag about Reggie Bush, you can say that he's one of the people that helped make Kim Kardashian famous. Yay. He had a thousand yard season finally. Everybody clap your hands. Oh God. That was awesome, guys. Um hey, Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush ran for a thousand yards on a five and ten football team. Hmm. If Reggie Bush can run for a thousand yards for a winning football team, then maybe we have something. But until then, uh, you know, that's probably the last one about the Dolphins until next year. <laughs> Moving on, you know, the Bulls, I, I have to be honest, I, I I usually get big into the bowl games. I have not watched one play of one bowl game yet. I have no desire to do so. I mean, the Baylor game seemed fun the other night when you have a 67-56 to 56 final. But is it really a game or an exhibition at that point? You know, we're not going to talk about the national championship game. We'll talk about that next week. But January, I mean, look at, look at these matchups. January, we'll go backwards. I mean, January 8th. After all the main bowls are played today and tomorrow and such, January 8th, you have the GoDaddy.com Bowl, Arkansas State against Northern Illinois. January 7th, you have the 
the BBVA Compass Bowl between Pittsburgh and, and SMU. Okay. January 6th, you had the Cotton Bowl, Kansas State versus Arkansas. Eh, it should be a good game, except for the fact that Bobby Petrino's coaching, and I hope he gets his head beat in. The Orange Bowl, West Virginia versus Clemson. Eh, that could be a good game. But if I watch it, I might be the only one watching it. January 3rd, the Sugar Bowl. Michigan versus Virginia Tech. Hmm. Two teams I can't stand. Should be a good game. And then from there, you're really into the main games. These are all played tomorrow. The Fiesta Bowl. Stanford and Oklahoma State. That should be fun. The Rose Bowl. Oregon versus Wisconsin. That should be fun. And besides, it's always fun to see what uniform Oregon's going to wear. The Gator Bowl. Florida versus Ohio State. Two big-name schools. Matter of fact, where I come from, you might want to call that the, the Payout Patriot Coaches Bowl. Inside joke. You have the Outback Bowl, Georgia versus Michigan State. That actually should be a fun game to watch. You have the Capital One Bowl, Nebraska versus South Carolina. Yeah, it's a good way to start the day. And then at noon tomorrow, you have Penn State versus Houston. I'm sure that one will be played in front of friends and family only. I mean, is Penn State going to play with their third-string quarterback? Is Houston going to play any defense? Uh, Unreal. (laughs) Unbelievable. You had, last night you had the Chick-fil-A Bowl, which is a New Year's Eve tradition, and it's the ACC versus the SEC. It's usually a good game. You have Virginia versus Auburn. I believe Auburn pulled it out. But if you look at these games, I mean, how? why are you playing a bowl game as of tomorrow? Uh, if you want to make the, the championship game a standalone game on the third and five. But uh, honestly, you know, why, why are we playing a national championship game a week from tomorrow? Ugh. Also tomorrow, I will probably be more into this, believe it or not, than some of the college football. The, the NHL Winter Classic is going to be on. The Rangers and Flyers, both teams, top of the Eastern Conference and NHL. You know, the, the Rangers, who have been up and down, back and forth for the last couple of years, really seem to have solidified their team. Brad Richards has come in and, and really done the job that they need him to do. He's been able to get Gabrick in, in scoring positions, and Gabrick has just been scoring at will. Um the 24-7 show, I haven't got a chance to see too much of. I've heard it's really good. Most shows like that on HBO are. But you have Flyers-Rangers tomorrow, I believe, at 2 o'clock. Let me look real quick. 
1 o'clock. The game is at 1 o'clock tomorrow. So 1 o'clock NBC tomorrow. Rangers Flyers from Philadelphia. Citizens Bank Ballpark. That will be happening tomorrow. And that will probably be the most hockey we've done on the show yet. For the last 15 minutes, we're going to move over to the NFL. And we're going to look at the playoff scenarios and picks for week 17. Now, some scenarios are easy. If Baltimore wins, they're the two two seed in the AFC. They have a first-round bye. Yada, yada, yada. If they lose, then Pittsburgh has a chance to win and sneak in and be the two seed. Uh, Houston is locked at the three seed. And that plays into a lot of other scenarios uh, for today. As if Houston decides not to play, then that really impacts teams like the Jets that need a lot of help. Here's all the official playoff scenarios. In the AFC, the, matter of fact, no, let's do the NFC first. There's a lot more convoluted stuff in, it, in the AFC. In the NFC, the Packers have clinched the one seed. In the, the for the two seed, the Niners will clinch your first round by if they win, or if they tie and the Saints lose, or tie, or a New Orleans loss. The Saints can sneak into the two seed with a win and a Niner loss. The Giants and Cowboys obviously will clinch the four seed with the game tonight. However, when that game is locked into the four seed, and they will play either Detroit or uh, or Atlanta. If Detroit loses and Atlanta wins, Atlanta moves up to the five seed. Um, but that's really it for the NFC, and there's really not much to to move around, and not much is expected to move around. It the biggest game there is Giants-Cowboys. For the AFC, the Patriots clinched home field advantage. The Ravens clinched the AFC North and the two-seed with a win or a tie and a Pittsburgh loss or tie or a Pittsburgh loss. Baltimore, I'm mistaken, Baltimore does have a chance the clinch home field advantage. If Baltimore wins and New England loses, at that point, if they can be the one seed, Pittsburgh needs a Baltimore loss. Now they're locked into the five seed. But if Baltimore loses and they win, then Pittsburgh can move up to the two seed. If Baltimore and New England both lose and Pittsburgh wins, at that point, Pittsburgh can go to the one seed. Move over to the AFC West, the Denver Broncos. They will clinch the AFC West with a win. They will also clinch the AFC West with a tie and an Oakland loss or tie, or an Oakland loss. Now, the Raiders, they clinch the West with a Denver loss or tie and an Oakland win, an Oakland tie or a De- and a Denver loss. Oakland can clinch a wild card spot with a win 
a Cincinnati loss and a Tennessee loss or tie. Also can gain a playoff spot with a win, a Cincinnati loss, and a Jets win. I'm not even getting into where those scenarios come from. The Cincinnati Bengals can clinch a wild card spot with a win. They can also clinch a wild card spot with a Jets loss or tie and a Raider loss or tie or a Jets loss or tie or a Denver loss or tie. Now, here's where things get real fun. The Jets can clinch a wild card spot with a win and a Cincinnati loss plus a Tennessee loss, which plays in with Tennessee and Houston, or an Oakland or Denver loss or tie. Got all that? The Tennessee Titans can clinch a wild card spot with a win, a Cincinnati loss, a Jets win, or an Oakland loss. Scenario two, a Tennessee win, a Cincinnati loss, a Jets win, or a Denver loss. And then the craziest scenario is they can clinch with a Cincinnati loss and a Tennessee win, a Jets loss, an Oakland win, and a Denver win. I don't get it either. I don't – yeah. So that's what you need to look for today. I'm sure that the pregame shows will explain it much better than I did. But those are the playoff scenarios. That will lead us right into the week 17 picks for the final regular season game of 2011 in the NFL. The first game I'm going to pick. I'm going to go... Where do I want to go first? I'm going to go Carolina, New Orleans. Now, Carolina has played much better lately. They really look like a team that's improving week by week, and they really look like a team that could be primed and ready to take another step next year. The problem is, the Saints are at home. And, well, the Saints being at home is, appears not to be a good thing for anyone. The Saints have just blasted anybody that's gotten in their way in the Superdome. And I don't, you know, I really thought the Falcons would play better last week, and they didn't. The Saints are giving seven. I don't care. I'm a believer in the Saints at home. And if the Falcons have to go there next week, it's going to be hard for me to pick for them. But I think New Orleans takes care of business. I think it's tight early, but I think they'll they'll make Cam throw a pick later in the game. I think as the game progresses, they'll start to to impose their will and and pull away. I'm going to take the Saints minus seven, as my first pick. 
For my second pick, I want to go to Green Bay. Green Bay has everything wrapped up. Um, there's some reports that say Aaron Rodgers, if he doesn't play, he might not play long. Well, what I can say is, I really think that Detroit goes into Green Bay and wins. I think Detroit's one of those teams that really want to have the positive attitude going into the playoffs. First time in the playoffs in 11 years. I think the team wants to really set a tone. I think they they want the five seed. They have supreme motivation to, to take on the winner of the Dallas-New York Giant game instead of New Orleans for what I just said before. Plus, Detroit's given four and a half based on the unknown factor of the Green Bay quarterback situation. Detroit's on the road at Green Bay. They're giving four and a half. I may seem crazy with this pick. I'm taking Detroit minus four and a half. I think they pull it out. And I really think that they're going to play the winner of the NFC champion next week in the wild card round. For my third pick, it's not going to be Jets-Miami. But you know what? Maybe it should be. Miami's giving, Miami's giving three. I think the Jets going to Miami, even a lot of Jets fans think that they'll get every scenario they need and lose. I don't think that would be the case. Like the caller before was trying to say, before I cut him off, Reggie Bush has had a 1,000-yard season. I really think it means nothing. But he's out today. It's a big part of Miami's offense that's going to be out. They have the rookie, Donald Thomas, that's going to run the ball well. I think the Jets get it done. The Jets are getting, th- the Jets are getting three. I don't think they need it. I think they win it. I think they win it by ten. I'm taking the Jets for my third pick. Guys, I'm going to try to pick as much of these games as I can. Last week of the year, i do everything I can. You know, I'm going to pick every game that's, that's meaningful. I'm not going to pick the Patriots game, though. Let's move on to Tennessee-Houston. Tennessee's getting a point based on their quarterback situation. I'm sorry, Houston's getting a point based on their quarterback situation. Tennessee has really balanced their team out. Chris Johnson has started to run the ball very well, as we talked about in the last couple weeks. Um, They're only giving one. I'm going to take Houston. I think Houston, you know, they're banged up. They might want to save some running backs from getting injured for the playoffs. They need to get a positive field going. They need to get some quarterback play going, going into next week's wild card round. I think they play hard today. I think they're not only going to play hard, I think they're going to win. And this is without me knowing anything. 
So there could be reports out there that I don't know about at the moment. But I think Houston wins. Houston's getting one. I don't think they need it. I think they went out right. Tampa Bay, Atlanta. You know, the game really means nothing for Atlanta. You know, it's really, can they get the five seeds in Detroit? I think Atlanta's giving 10. I'm taking Atlanta. I don't think they really care if they win today, but I think they're going to win by more than 10. Tampa Bay is just completely imploded. Uh, even if you see Chris Redmond for a while, I think they win by more than 10. Uh, Baltimore, Cincinnati. Baltimore giving a point and a half on the road. Baltimore trying to get that two seed. They're trying to get that by. They're going to play hard. But they haven't played well on the road. I think today's the day that they step up and they put Cincinnati in the crisis mode as to how, how and if they will make the playoffs. I'm going to take Baltimore minus one and a half for my sixth pick. For my seventh pick, Pittsburgh at Cleveland. Cleveland's defense has played well. Their offense has been awful. These guys had a close game in Pittsburgh a few weeks ago. Pittsburgh's quarterback situation is ridiculously bad at the moment. Will Ben play? Will Ben not play? Cleveland's getting six and a half. I'm taking Cleveland. I don't know why. I don't know how. It's just a gut feeling. I'm taking Cleveland plus six and a half. Kansas City, Denver. Try to speed through these last couple. Denver's at home. You know, I really think Kyle Wharton's going to come in and he's going to be fired up. I think he's going to try to will Kansas City to win. I think it's going to happen. I think Kansas City's going to take the three and a half, not need them. I think Kansas City is going to upset Denver and it's going to lead me to this pick. Oakland is giving San Diego two and a half. I think the Raiders really start to put it together, and they win the AFC West by beating San Diego. And I think they'll beat them handily. I think Bolt Rivers will do what he's been doing and throw the ball to the other team over and over again today. And for the final game, we didn't have a chance to get into it too much, Dallas and the Giants. The Giants are at home, and they played like garbage. The Giants at home, they should probably wear white. Last week, you know, they did a good job against the Jets. There's questions about Romo's hand. There's questions about Romo's head. There's questions about the Giants' secondary still, and the Cowboys had the personnel to exploit that. I think the Giants will themselves to the win. I think it's time for the Giants to play a big game at home and succeed. And I think tonight's tonight. I like the Giants' 24-17 range. I think they'll win the NFC East. They'll play Detroit next week. 
and we'll talk about that then. But my picks for week 17 are New Orleans minus seven, Detroit minus four and a half, Jets plus three, Houston plus one, Atlanta minus ten, Baltimore minus one and a half, Cleveland plus six and a half, Kansas City plus three and a half, Oakland plus two and a half, and New York Giants minus three and a half. My week 17 picks. I'll see you next week. Happy New Year.